perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so very much for joining me today on this podcast, Young Catholics Respond. It's great to have you with me. Uh, Before I jump into our interview today, I just want to remind you to head over to our website, patchworkheart.org, and get your free copy of the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. Uh, It's a rosary that we uh, created uh, using the scriptures uh, that say, Be not afraid and fear not. So uh, it's free download. It's a free PDF download. All you have to do is head over to patchworkheart.org, put your email in, and you'll get an email back with the uh, Fearless Scriptural Rosary in your inbox. So uh, I don't want to waste too much time talking about ourselves and our initiatives, though, because I do have a wonderful guest. His name is Charles Franny. He is founding theology teacher of a Catholic high school in the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he has been a theology teacher there for 10 years. In addition, he has taught nearly every grade level, from second grade to adult, including the college and diocesan level. He has spent three semesters in seminary with the Diocese of Raleigh at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Pennsylvania. He completed a year discernment of the priesthood and religious life, after which he discerned that our Lord was not calling him to the priesthood. He has a Master's of Arts in Theology from Christendom College, graduate school, as well as an advanced apostolic catechetical diploma. Um, In addition to that, uh, he writes about spiritual warfare-related topics on his website, theslayingdragonsbook.com. He lives in the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, with his wife and three young children. Charles, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining me today on Young Catholics Respond. Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's uh, great to be here. Appreciate the invite. Absolutely. It's going to be a great conversation. And uh, you have an absolutely fascinating journey and a fascinating uh, and a fascinating uh, life, it sounds like, <laughs> uh, teaching theology at uh, high school and writing these amazing books on spiritual warfare. But uh, I, I would love to get to know your spiritual journey, your your faith walk. It sounds like you have an amazing journey, so tell us all about it. Sure, sure. Um, like you said, I'm currently teaching uh, juniors and seniors on the high school level. been there uh, for about 10 years, taught one year of middle school. But when I was a kid, um, this would have been the last thing you would have thought that I would have done, because I was brought up in a, a Catholic family, and um, my mom was actually not Catholic. She converted when I was a senior in high school. She was Presbyterian, but she was, you know, pretty religious. And but that caused, since we were Catholic, she was not. There was always this little divide. Sometimes we'd, you know, not go to mass. We'd go to her, her community. Um, but eventually, like I said, she converted. So the the beginnings, like in her heart, uh, God was stirring. So um, the uh, my, the faith was not deeply instilled in me when I was a kid, and. Uh, even though my parents were very, you know, very good, they taught us a lot of virtues and a lot of uh, how to be good people. So that's that's uh, still carrying me and my brother on uh, to good things these days. But when I was a kid, the thing that themed became the theme of my life was being teased. Um, I had big ears, 
And my dad always tried to encourage me. He said, one day your head will catch up to them. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of funny, but he was right. Um, but it didn't help me until my head actually did catch up to my ears. But from age five, yeah, from age five till junior year in, in high school, my whole life was really my identity, I should say, was characterized by being teased and feeling inferior and losing lots of friends. I had some good friends, but then I would lose them. So I only really retained like one friend at a time. It was uh, so I was tending already towards depression. Depression became the the pivotal moment. You know, halfway through my life, I'm 40 now. When I was 20, uh, was when I really crashed and burned in, in depression and had my conversion at the same time. But from an early age, I was tending towards depression and anxiety, and uh, that really spiked and really manifested. I guess you could say late high school, around senior year, and then. Uh, second year of college. And as a result, you know, the, the anxiety and the depression um, kind of emerged because I was an introvert. I never talked about the teasing, never talked about the impact. And I didn't have, you know, a deep faith to ask God to help me, to heal me, to teach me who I really am, you know, to have strength and courage. I was very weak. Um, I played soccer, but I, I could have been so much better, but I would just lacked courage. And, I, and that courage on the soccer field was similar to the lack of courage, I should say, was also um, similar to the lack of courage in my life. So I didn't know how to stand up to people who tease me. And I, I couldn't call on God. I could have called on God for strength, but I, I didn't know to. I didn't know how to pray. Uh, but nonetheless, God showed up a few times, like three really substantial times from the age of eight until I was, you know, had my major depression when I was, uh, I think, 19 or 20. Um, so when I graduated from high school, um, before I graduated from high school, I should say, I, I did not like going to mass at all. My, my brother has reminded me in recent years how much I actually hated going to mass as a kid. I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't know that it was so strong, so palpable that I hated it. Um, I would sometimes feel sick at mass. I think it was just because I, I, I was just not connected at all. I didn't understand what was going on. It wasn't really relevant. And I was, you know, angry from the teasing and tending towards a depression already. So when I left high school, when I graduated, uh, I left the church, didn't look back, didn't miss it, didn't feel a void. I remember in college when people were going to an Ash Wednesday service on um, Ash Wednesday mass on campus, UNCW. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I just went <laughs> wow. back to whatever I was doing. Wow. <laughs> so it was, uh, I, I just, it had never connected. So I was brought up Catholic. I was, you know, baptized, confirmed, first communion, first confession. And that was tremendous because mm -hmm. God had something to work with when I finally, when he finally got my attention, mm. but to get my attention, he let me just crash and burn. You know, my, the beginning, the second year of, of college, the anxiety problems uh, spiked so bad that here's an example, like for three hours before going to a, one of my courses on campus, I would be paralyzed with anxiety. I couldn't do anything, but just pace back and forth in my apartment and, you know, cigarette after cigarette, just uh, paranoid of all the, you know, wow. the irrational things that could happen you know, when I got on campus, when I was around people. So I was eventually diagnosed with um, a major depression, crippling anxiety disorder, um, panic attacks, general anxiety, and social anxiety. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a big package. And it pulled me out of college. I took a medical, medical withdrawal um, three weeks in, I think it was, or two weeks into my second year of college. I almost didn't graduate from high school because it was so bad. But again, I, I never told anybody. So my, my parents did the best to make sure I was happy, but they didn't know what was going on because I didn't, didn't let them in. 
I just didn't know how, I guess that was part of it. But, um, so I withdrew and then, uh, the depression was, was crippling. The whole thing was just this crippling, really sad. I mean, there was, I, there was nothing left that I could lose, um, except my life. And again, God protected me with that cowardice You know, he protected me for any kind of, um, suicidal, uh, plans because I just didn't have the courage to do it. You know, thanks be to God, I did not have the courage to to uh, do anything drastic. But I, uh, you know, it's 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 it was really it was so bad. I cried myself to sleep for three straight months after wow. I dropped out of college. And I was blaming God for what happened, asking Him why He's not doing anything. And right in the middle of that, this is when the conversion started. Yeah not religious. I'm like actually flirting with Buddhism as, you know, lost Westerners tend to do when they aren't religious, but they want to pretend to be religious. They adopt <laughs> Buddhism you know, in, inauthentically. It's not real Buddhism. Right. I studied Buddhism in college um, uh, after the fact, after my conversion. But so one day, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I had this desire to wear a small wooden cross. And I don't know where the desire came from. I told nobody. And that was like October. Um, and then I went home for Christmas and um, just stayed with my parents for a couple of weeks. And one day I came down where in, in the living room where there's a counter and I put my keys and my wallet and things. Right next to my keys and my wallet was this small wooden cross that my parents had purchased. And it looked, I, when I imagined a small wooden cross, I wanted it to be cheap, you know, no monetary value, nothing anybody would envy or think, oh, that's flashy. And that's exactly what it was. I think it had a sticker on there for like 25 cents, so just <laughs> discounted. Uh, it was it was perfect. But when I saw it, I'm like, wait a second, who who read my mind? Like, I didn't tell anybody I wanted a cross. And so I picked it up and went over to my mom and I couldn't. I'm 20 at this point. I, yeah. I couldn't think of of anything to say. I couldn't get the words out. And she said, oh, we thought you might like that. And then to me, that was the sign that God had been listening to all of my tears and yelling at him for three months and was ready to do something. Now was the time he got my attention with that cross because I was not religious, but I saw that as a miracle, as a manifestation of God's presence. And I know that that's what I thought, because my immediate reaction was, I need to go back to Mass now. And I hadn't been to Mass in a, a year and a half and hadn't wow. missed it. But I knew God wanted me to go back to Mass, and that's what I had to do, and that's what I wanted to do. So I went back to Mass, and everything began to change. So I went from this well, oh, I've got ahead of myself for a second. But so I was seeing a therapist and she couldn't find the medicine that would actually help me. Uh, there were side effects to some of them and they didn't address the, the intensity of, of the disorder as I needed it to be. But within two weeks of going back to mass, um, mm. I met with her and she, she was an atheist. And she said, um, oh, I found this new medicine that I've never heard of. So first thing, you've never heard of this medicine. That's kind of interesting because you're an experienced psychologist. And then she said, with her atheist mind, she said, and it has the miraculous side effect of controlling this eating disorder, this digestive disorder that I had also developed with the depression, uh, controlling that in addition to controlling, helping with depression, anxiety, panic attacks. So it addressed everything and miraculously one of the big medical things that I was dealing with and like, Oh, and I took it and it really changed not everything, but it gave me a grip. Finally had a grip on the depression, anxiety, and the uh, digestive disorder that was expressing as an eating disorder as well. And then at the same time, this, you know, basically pagan kid who doesn't know anything about Catholicism. I want to be a priest. All of a sudden 
that's what I want to do. I don't even know what a priest is. I find that out about a year later when, when I'm actually being taught what the Eucharist is and taught what a priest is. <laughs> so wow. it's a, that was another sign that God's doing something like, like, why do I want to be a priest? But that became the, the driving force behind my life was I want to be a priest. I don't know what that is, but I want to be it because I can tell God is doing something. And remember, I have social anxiety, crippling anxiety, but I'm going to mass on my own every, it was a Saturday night mass, every Saturday night going to this big church with lots of people, um, which is the worst place for an anxious person to go. And I'm going on my own. No one's telling me to go because I know God wants to do something and he is doing something. Wow. And that was another, yeah. So that was another sign to me. And the, there's just a really deep story I could keep going, but... Um, it's amazing. No, the, you know, the journey is so incredible that, uh, wow. And and there's the Holy Spirit just written all over it. Uh, and so and so thank you so much for your your witness and really your courage you know um you know you you mentioned you kind of had the lack of courage to uh to commit suicide and that kept you alive um but but thank you for your courage of speaking this out now because uh it can help so many people uh and as you probably well know there are people listening on the radio right now or in the podcast right now uh, that are that are have made that the Holy Spirit has made divine appointments with, you know, and and your story and your struggle and your triumph is um, is touching their heart and uh, moving them. You know, we don't we don't know who they are and they may never contact you or me, but um, but that's a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for your courage in speaking that out and uh, and and in witnessing to the power of uh, of Christ. I do have to take a short break, but when I come back. I want to finish off your story, and I want to uh, hear how you're uh, putting all of this uh, amazing, uh, this amazing journey into into practice, into life, um, and and you know, obviously, you're not a priest; you're married, and all of that. So, so I want to get the end of that story, and then uh, we'll we'll find out how you um, do your ministry and how you continue to shape young hearts, young minds. Um, and and grow and and grow them in in the fundamentals uh, of the Catholic uh, faith. So we're going to take a break, and right after these messages, we'll continue our conversation with Charles Franny. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. At times it seems like the world today is filled with so much division, bigotry, and hatred. So it's up to us to make sure that we get back to the basics, and that is Jesus Christ and His message of faith, hope, and love. 
Faith, Hope, Love with John and Morgan Bender is a new project that seeks to do just that by engaging and inspiring Catholics within the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and beyond. Read personal faith stories, interviews, and news all by visiting the Faith, Hope, and Love blog.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at JohnnyBenderMKE. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting Catholic audio choruses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Our Blessed Mother wants only the best for her children and has given us a special place where she promises to help all those who appeal to her motherly love and protection. Telling Saint Juan Diego that here I will alleviate the sufferings of all those who love me and seek my protection. That holy place is now the site of the beautiful Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. If you would like to learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit vivaguadalupe.org for more information. Our Lady may be calling you now. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back here to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Today we're having a fascinating conversation with Charles Frawney. Uh, he is a theology teacher uh, out in the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, he is also a Catholic author. He has uh, several books out. His most recent one is Slaying Dragons, What, Exor- uh, what Exorcists See and What We Should Know. Uh, and it's a fantastic book. Uh, and uh, right before the break, Charles was talking with us about his journey uh, of faith, which is just fascinating. So if you're listening to this on the radio and you just tuned in, please find it on our podcast feed and listen to the first half of this episode because it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but uh, Charles, I want you to kind of finish off your journey and then uh, share with us a little bit about how you uh, got into this vocation and this amazing topic uh, of spiritual warfare. So finish off the story for us. Sure, sure. And uh, thanks be to God, it is uh, quite the story. Um, so around that time, yeah, I was 20, uh, 20 years old when I just came back to the church, want to be a priest, finally have some medicine that's helping me. Uh, so that was my year of medicine. I was put on a lot of medicine to help with the anxiety, and it did work. But eventually that summer, God began, kept acting more and more and more. And I realized I want to get off all this medicine because safely, as safely, you know, as quickly as possible, because God was starting to show me that he was going to be my source of peace. He was going to be the triumph over my anxiety and my depression if I just let him. He was already starting to do that. But I was still that whole year, the first year after my conversion, I was still very depressed very anxious. Like it, it was not an overnight healing. So about a year later, um, through the process of just starting to discern, to discern the priesthood and learning more about it, I got to know a lot of potential seminarians, several priests. One became my spiritual director for six years and he's now a bishop. Hmm. So that's a great story right there. <laughs> but they taught me about, uh, about a year after my conversion, a year and a half after my conversion, they taught me, you know, what mortal sin is and confession and adoration. Hey, you need to go to daily mass. Hey, when you haven't been to confession in a long time, like, no, like, how do I do that? I don't even know how to do that. 
So they taught me these things, and I went to confession to that priest, and he was so gentle, perfect bishop now. And then when I went to confession, and this is one of the things I learned later on when I was doing the spiritual warfare research, like that was the key. When I went to confession for the first time in, I don't know, maybe 10 years, maybe the second confession I ever made, that was the moment of liberation, and I didn't realize it. But I was then going to daily mass, then going to adoration almost daily, and I knew I had to let go of all of the sinful habits that I'd picked up. You know, mm-hmm. as a non-religious kid, you in this world, you're going to pick up a lot of sinful habits. I, I won't go into the details, but one day I realized it's either I stop going to daily mass or I give up all these sinful habits. Uh, so I knew that mass was going to stay. So I immediately just changed my life and the Holy Spirit was very tangible. And at that moment, when I made that decision and went to confession, this still anxious and depressed kid was given a very very powerful grace and there's no other way to put it except it was this intense intoxicating peace and it lasted for about six months and overnight almost i don't remember the exact day i just went from being depressed and anxious to being the happiest person you'd see in your day so happy that strangers would come up to me and say i just i just want to say you just look so happy i don't know i'm like yeah i know isn't it great i just can't stop smiling everything's so great it was, uh, I would grin like an idiot half the time. And that's how I would describe it. It was, <laughs> it was so odd and for six months. And at the same time, I want to be a priest. I start to understand this a little better. And now I want to be a Franciscan, St. Francis, Mother Teresa, divine providence, that idea of God will provide for everything you need emerged in my life. I'm like, really, you believe that? That's amazing. So then like, this was stage two of my conversion. This was the real conversion. And the peace came, all these dreams came and all these dreams, like very vivid dreams, dreams I still remember and that guided me and still guide me. And uh, this ties in to the to the books I've been writing. Um, some of the dreams I had were about, about the devil. It was a series of dreams. This is really peculiar. Mm. I've never gotten spiritual advice on this, but over like two and a half years, I had five dreams separated by many months each, and each one picked up where the last one left off. Wow. And that's just strange. I've never heard of that. But it was it was the devil. I don't know who, if it was from God or from the devil, but the whole point was that the devil wants to seduce me to his side with, you know, earthly, worldly power and pleasure and whatever else. But in my dream, I was saying no. And then he flipped and he became this monster that wanted to kill me. That, that was the basic idea of these dreams. But I didn't understand wow. what that was all about. And then um, eventually I get to seminary, a long protracted thing, you know, and it's taken so long and I can't figure out, do I want to be a monk? Do I want to be a priest? Do I want to not? Like, I can't figure out my discernment. It was very, very frustrating discernment. But what I realized in the end, after nine years after my conversion, when I finally realized God is not calling me to the priesthood, I was in seminary. And I realized this is not my vocation. Very, very, very clearly, I knew it, that God was essentially telling me in some fashion. The reason why it took so long is because the depression and the anxiety had damaged me had caused deep wounds that needed to be healed. I could not discern. I was not capable of figuring it out until my my mind, my body, like in my soul, just everything was properly ordered. And that's what God was doing by drawing me towards the priesthood. He was healing me through that. He knew I wasn't called, but I needed the unique formation system and fraternity with all these priests to, to heal me. But along the way, I, I began to learn about spiritual warfare, kind of subtly, not very deeply. I had, you know, those dreams. I had talked to priests who, who knew exorcists, but I kind of thought maybe I'll be an exorcist one day. That'd be neat. But I was also very afraid of, yeah. of that, that idea because 
I didn't know much about the diabolical, except, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I kind of leaned towards occultic things. I was so depressed. That's just what you do when you're depressed. You turn away from God sometimes. and The devil's right there to receive you. Um, so I had those wounds as well. Um, but seminary brought about that healing. And then I, then I left. And within four months, you know, divine providence, I met my wife without even looking, got my master's, the school where I'm teaching um, just appeared, perfect timing. Her family lives out here. Um, so it all just fell into place, but then, um, it wasn't finished. I didn't know it wasn't finished until about three years ago. I, I knew like three years ago, I hit the spiritual plateau, as I call it, where I I didn't feel like I could make any more spiritual progress. And I didn't understand that. And I didn't like where I was Mm -hmm. like, is this the, the edge of my holiness? Like, this is not, this is, I want more. I, I feel like there could be more, but I, so I started talking to these priests and they told me about, you know, binding prayers, renunciation, spiritual healing, all these things. And then I learned about exorcists and they have these videos online and books. And I started reading while doing all these intense purification things like Exodus 90. I keep forgetting sometimes when I tell the story It's the first thing I did at this point three years ago is Exodus 90, which involved a lot of fasting. And that led all those things together led to like the third phase, I guess, of my conversion, if you want to put it that way, Mm -hmm. where I realized what the devil can do, what he can't do, and what in my life he has been doing. And it was another grace. Like there was one moment when I was still researching slaying dragons, still writing it, where God gave me the grace through, I was putting into practice everything I was learning. And he gave me the grace one day right after a confession. Again, another pivotal confession. Uh, the grace to just see the spiritual war that I was personally in the, the crafted plan, the cultivated plan just for me that the devil had come up with. Cause the a priest friend of mine said, we all know God has a plan for you, but Satan also has a plan for you. And these were you know, dark things to hear, but true, true things that I'd never really understood or been told. And I was responding and I was doing the work, you know, uh, fasting more, praying differently trusting God more, no longer afraid of the devil, uh, all these things from the book I began to put into practice. And that changed my whole spiritual life about a year and a half ago, like a, a whole new thing began, which showed that God is still 20 years after my conversion. He's still perfecting me. Yeah. And, but, but we have to respond. We have to know the truth and then live it. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. Uh, and what a fascinating uh, story and and mission. Uh, as we're kind of wrapping things up, I want to ask you uh, where people can learn more about you and also uh, get a copy of your book. Uh, I know uh, the website uh, is very easy for those uh, folks. It's just theslayingdragonsbook.com. But just talk to us a little bit about the book and then also, uh, you know, where people can connect with you if you're available for virtual or live speaking engagements, all that kind of good stuff. Right. So as a teacher, I'm still um, don't have as much time as I would like to do to, to spread, um, to spread the things that I'm learning, but I I write um, pretty regularly. School just started a couple weeks ago. So that's slowing me down, but on my website, you can find, you know, the slayingdragonsbook.com. You can find the articles I'm writing. Um, My books are on, on there, so you can find them in the sidebar there. They're also on Amazon. Uh, Slaying Dragons is there. Another book I wrote while I was researching that one is called Swords and Shadows. It's oriented towards youth, like ages 15 to 25, um, about spiritual warfare and what, how you can navigate life that way. 
And uh, I am trying to expand the apostolate. So check out the website. There's a contact form. Um, I have done a couple virtual um, conferences, not too many yet. And um, I'm also trying to, I have a, I have a Patreon now. I'm not, still not sure how to use all those things, but you know, I'm trying to, trying to grow the apostolate. So if you go to the website, you like the book, you like the articles, you know, consider supporting, but supporting with your prayers too, because this whole thing is an act, you know, is, is yeah. the Holy Spirit doing things in our souls. And the people who check out the reviews for Slaying Dragons on Amazon, I'm humbled every time I look because people who read the book and take it seriously are having the same kind of liberation experience that I had while doing the research. So there's an intense amount of fruit the Holy Spirit wants to bring into everybody's lives through through spiritual warfare. I mean, this is this is a real part of Christian living. Yeah, folks. I mean, there are there are just so you know there are two hundred and twenty four uh, five star ratings, folks, on this book. So please uh, check it out. That's just the Amazon. That's not even uh, all the other people who haven't commented or whatever. But again, it's slain dragons. What exorcists see and what we should know. Uh, so uh, please check it out, Charles. We're gonna have to have you back on the program because there's so much more to talk about, and oh, yeah. uh, we can't pack it into just a half hour. So gonna have to have you. Uh, back on the program, but thank you so very much for your time and, and being here uh, today, and really appreciate all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. thank you again, and uh, praise God, because He can do so many good things if we let Him. Amen. Well, folks, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.